us everything you want to be. Yin Yang, share with us all of your dreams. Yin and Yang, gotta learn how to fight. Be yourself in this fight. It's alright. Welcome back to uh, uh, Yin and Young. I believe it's episode 10, I think, that uh, is for us. Yeah, episode 10. Last time, Gordon joined us a little bit. He, uh, he just dropped in, um, you know, towards the, towards the middle-ish. And then I just went off on a tangent talking about <laughs> that uh, chick, um, that chick about uh, that. Sorry. You know, okay, hold on. Is it okay to say call women chicks? I don't know. <laughs> My friend told me he cringed every time I said the word chick in like one of the podcasts. So I don't know. Anyways, I'm gonna stop saying it just, just for him or for you know for for my own sense of morality or whatever. And um, so there's that. So I shared that story about the one girl from uh, Fullerton, um, and then Gordon talked about his uh, his Tinder date gone Ari and then there's some stuff I want to talk about today um, but first off let's actually get to know Gordon today today last time we didn't really get to understand who who this man is and uh, I kind of want to get into that um, and is there anything you want to anything else you want to add Dan no not right now okay so Gordon what's up what's up how you feeling here you can get moving closer no I it sounds pretty good from here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Might move a Let's little see bit. here. Uh, here I can. Yeah. So, um, so, so you go to school. Uh, we got a little bit of it last time. You're going to school for your undergrad, CSUN, doing CTVA. Um, now, what? What? What made you? What? what where, you, where, where did you grow up? Did you grow up in the California, or did you grow up around here? Yeah, I, I grew up in Southern California, in the Valley, um, so I've always, uh, I already said that my, my major is within media, so I've always been uh, in contact with the media industry. Um, my dad works in it, and that was a big influence as well. He's oh, cool. an editor, and I would also like to be, I would also like to work in post. I'm not sure if I want to be, you know, uh, a picture editor, or I'm getting a little more interested in uh, coloring now okay my colorist jobs so you grew up sort of around or in and around the industry I guess mm -hmm. okay um, and what sorry was your father do exactly now or he did he, 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 he edits do, he edits yeah, yeah. Okay. now so you're interested in post-production mainly mm-hmm okay yeah that's cool I think um, a lot of people they think that filmmaking is all just like writing and directing, but there's so many different there's, aspects. There's of so it. many different. I mean, just look at the credits at the end of the movie. You it's see, ridiculous. Yeah, you get like a thousand people. <laughs> yeah, and in my mind, I, I, I want to note, um, my dad edits reality, and I also don't know if I want to get into that particularly. But uh -huh. I mean, it's always a really good um, bridge or like you know doorway to get into the business because mm. there, there's always business in reality and broadcast. There's always now, when we say reality, are you talking about like 
Relatively. deadliest catch kind of stuff, location stuff, or more like human interaction. Stuff. It'd be anything. It could be it could be deadliest catch. It could be uh, Survivor. It could uh, be um, what's amazing. Well, Amazing Race actually just ended. Oh, but, okay. Uh, actually, yeah, even, it. even could be you know keeping up the Kardashians something like that. But <laughs> I, I, I don't want to. That's not that's not high on my list. Uh, so growing up, growing up in the valley. Uh, let's see. So you, that's where you met Matt, our mutual friend. Mm-hmm. Um, Went to high school together. Yeah. Now, would you? Were your parents pretty? Since your dad's in the industry, I mean, did he kind of say, "Hey, son, what? You know, it's not the most stable industry," or he's all for it? He was totally supportive. I, he was very supportive, but um, sometimes whenever I went into the office, I mean, these people work very long hours and it's really hard work they're always under the gun it's never a moment of rest sometimes so sometimes you can meet very cynical whenever i'd go to his work uh he would introduce me as a son to the other co-workers and uh sometimes they would be like you know don't no, you want to get into this job don't <laughs> like don't run as fast as way you know far away as you can don't do this it's a horrible idea don't ever do it it's, it'll suck all your life away has has it sucked your life away? I mean, well, you're doing it for school, so I mean, I guess you haven't. You have. Have you done industry work? Have you have you got paid gigs editing or no? Paid gigs editing? Yeah, mostly uh, freelance. Not uh, not regarding um, not actual editing jobs for like a, like you know MGM or anything like that. But I did I did work uh, on Survivor for two months uh, last summer. So I, I went DTI on location. Or DIT no, or no, no, I was uh, I was just a PA. They call oh, right, they call right, it right. a dream teamers. This is a nice word for the PA. But uh, you know, we we help out. Uh, we we paint a lot. <laughs> All the sets we have to paint them. Um, are you getting any wind from that? Uh, I think it should be fine. No? Okay. I mean, is there a way to turn it off or? Is it bad? I guess no, I no. think it's okay. Okay, Dan, um, do you hear any wind? No, none. Okay, cool. Okay. Um, anyways. The uh, what was I say? Oh yeah, we we do a lot of painting. Uh, eventually, I found out I didn't really like painting so much, so I kind of I went over to the props uh, department, and I helped make you know all the props that they had in the show, which was really cool to like you know work on something and then see it on TV because uh, the the premiere was actually this week. It was on Wednesday. Oh wow! And uh, me and Lena we went to the premiere party. Oh, in Santa Monica. So it was nice. Cool. Open bar. Cause like her friend was working on it too, right? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. That's sick. Now, for now, but you have you have family in the Midwest, you said, or most of my family lives in like Colorado, and I have a few relatives in. I I, I think they're still alive. <laughs> 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 uh, North Dakota, and. So are you, your father is not, he's not an Angelino then? Uh, well, he uh, he was his family is from like I'm not sure about his father's side, but his grandma's from going back to this family tree thing that we talked about. <laughs> yeah, creepy. Um, but uh, his mother's from like Alabama, from like a plantation, and then uh, like I know they they met here and they settled down in like Chatsworth. And then they kind of moved around. He was born in El Paso, so he's was he born and raised in LA? No. Okay. Yeah. But I was you, born in Pasadena. Okay, so you're born and raised in so the LA-ish Cal. area, or LA County, yeah. LA County, San Gabriel Valley, or yeah, okay. SGV. 
Yeah, and there's a lot of good Asian food in SGV for oh, sure. So oh good. yeah. Now, so your mom, so your grandma on your mom's side, it, when you say plantation, she was a plantation owner, or she lived on. Her parents were. Oh okay. Yeah, I always find that. Did you do you ever get that uh, uh, question like, hey, did your family own slaves? Do you get that a lot sometimes? Yeah, and you know, I've come to the conclusion probably yes with that. Like they were like from Alabama, they had a plantation at some point maybe back in the day. I mean, if you had a plantation, you don't just buy a pl- plantation. Usually, right. it's in the family for a while. So I mean, I were, were they good to them? I mean, I was. I can you be good to a slave? I don't. Right. Know. But I don't, on my mom's side, I know for for damn sure that. Or not because they immigrated from Canada and I don't think Canadians really okay so uh, going back to your heritage your your French Canadian heritage or that's part or that's only a little bit that's only on my mom's side mostly I my mom did like the swab test thing she sent it in and she, she came back more German than anything so ah. I guess that would be mostly German on my dad's side I, fuck, I don't you don't know no uh, idea. I've been meaning to do that swab test because uh it's, it's kind of, really thorough. It's really thorough. Mm-hmm. It's kind of crazy because like you could be related to like something totally random, mm-hmm. like you didn't even know, like yeah. Native American or something, or like mm-hmm. yeah. It's, uh, we, we were we were pretty unsurprised though. Uh, the only surprise was that my mom was more German than she. She thought she was more Swedish, which I understand because we both look pretty Swedish. Swedish, yeah. Yeah, just you know, big Swedes. <laughs> You only had a, so more German than Swedish. More German, Swedish, but uh, quickly followed. It was like German, English, as in British, and yeah. then like Swedish. I'm sure there was some like Norwegian stuff, and then like French, and the French Canadian. Do you speak any European languages or no? Nope. Okay, I was gonna try to say well, what's a like German it. word. I guess I know Du Hast because that's the song, but the uh, Rammstein song. <laughs> that's all I know. Uh, let me see German. Anyways, I don't know any. Um, so now what I always ask, I like to ask for, so for filmmaking or filmmakers is like, what got you interested? Was it your dad who got you interested? Like you saw your dad like, Oh, I could do that. That seems cool. Or uh, I always like, thought it was really interesting. Probably not at all regarding the work. I mean, I walked into his office, there was a bunch of buttons and shiny flashing lights. And I was like, Oh, he's making TV. But it was mostly <laughs> just like a wow factor visually. Nothing to do with like. You know, I, I didn't know how anything works, so I wasn't, like, you know, I wasn't motivated by mm. the thought of editing, maybe just by the, like, visual, I hate to use the word aesthetic, I was like, oh, wow, that's really cool. Yeah. And then eventually, in, I think in seventh grade, we did a, like, a, you know, the Pullman trial, did you guys ever, you ever heard of that? No, what's that? Oh, Pullman, he owned a bunch of, like, rail cars and stuff back in, I think it's like the 1800s or something like that. But basically, these workers went on strike, and there was this big trial. Somebody got somebody got killed, and then they went to like the federal courts, blah blah blah. Okay. Yeah. And um, uh, we we filmed it, and we had to edit it. So. The Pullman trials. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, and I was I was in charge of editing it. And you really like you, you like really took to it. I, it was a good first, you know, dip in the water. Put my mm-hmm. toe in the water. Now, Did I like it as much? I was I had no idea what I was doing, but yeah. I like the fact that I had the power to like determine where the project went. Right. You yeah. tell you're you're tell you're retelling the story mm-hmm. in the editing room. Yeah, I liked it a lot more once I got into high school and I started in the media program and then from there on uh, I got to work a lot more, you know, hands on with camera and audio and editing software and you know, I eventually figured out I really liked 
like workflow and keeping organized yeah. and being able to make the essentially take nothing just footage that you know footage isn't going to make its own movie by itself no it's, right. it needs someone to create it and that's what editors do right they work and sometimes they work with the director or sometimes they work alone and the director checks in I mean depending on the project and how what the work what the working relationship is yeah yeah, yeah. I think did you start with Windows Movie Maker or what did you start with <laughs> for the Pullman trial yeah Windows Movie Maker yes I started with that WMM stuff. <laughs> oh my goodness, WMV files, uh, like, man, try to use that file format in anything, nope. this is ridiculous. Yeah. You know what, it's, it's, it was a workhorse, like, on, if, it is, I yeah. remember trying to edit in, like, Cyberlink PowerDirector on, like, a more powerful <laughs> computer. Cyberlink? Yeah, that was, like, the, pre, the predecessor, I guess, but it couldn't handle, like, quick cuts, and, but, like, throw in the Windows Movie Maker, I think it will handle anything. Yeah. Because it was so simple and you only had 480p footage. Back right. Then, so. It's it's just literally, Dan, have you ever messed around with Windows Movie Maker? It's literally just one timeline and you just drag, cut here, drag and drop stuff. And it's, I don't know, it was really intuitive for me when I first messed around with it. I was like, wait, I can kind of figure this out. I've never, mm -hmm. I've never trained in this and I can kind of figure it out. And I mean, Dan, have you ever edited stuff? No, I mean, the only editing software I've ever used is iMovie. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, That's I mean, similar concept. I mean, nonlinear editing, yeah. A lot more powerful. <laughs> uh, and so the editing, you got the editing bug, cool. And that's why you now you're taking it in school now, yeah? Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm, like, I'm taking an editing class right now. Before he came here, he saw it was on the screen. Was, yeah, he yeah, is. Yeah, before, I, we're, I'm actually here, uh, at Gordon's place right now. He, he was editing on uh, Avid, so yeah. I was like, whoa, that looks like similar to uh, Final Cut, but no, I guess it's it's Avid, it's its own thing, yeah. Yeah. Do you ever do cool. things on the side? I mean, there are a lot of people who post things on YouTube that they've edited and put together, like from different mm -hmm. movies and stuff. Do you do stuff like that, just for fun? Like compilations or the kind of thing like that? Like your own YouTube video? Do you have your own channel? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, I've seen some people I... like make some crazy stuff from like oh. different footages and stuff. Sorry, I missed that. Well, uh, I, he, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead, James. Um, oh, yeah, he's, exactly he was just saying, he was asking me, like, do you do your own footage? Do you make your own stuff? I yeah. used to do vlogs. You used to do vlogs. <laughs> and I was the dork. I, I, like, I put them all on private. I'm no, I don't let anyone watch them except me. Um, and eventually vlogs I, about your life? Or? Uh, it was literally like daily vlogs in high school. Oh, that's cool. So it's like it your high school, school like wet dreams and your high school crushes, yeah. It was nothing but that. It was just like what I'm doing. I just try to like copy like uh, Shaytards or you know stuff like that. I had no idea. Who that uh, he's like it was like the number one vlogger on YouTube. Okay. Went back when vlogging was like super big. I did do it, and but they're oh, they're so bad. But you know, I think of it as it was good practice, and also yeah. when I get old, I can actually look back, and I think right. that's really cool about our generation is that we can actually look back see full live you know 1080p footage of us like you know your younger self actually just even just to, like moving around and talking like wow yeah. you know that's crazy no, we're the first generation to really do that that's that, no that's a really good point because for because I'm, I'm 10 years older than you so for my generation I can look back at grainy high 8 stuff mm. so high 8 stuff I think I, there's like mini HDV I think that I could still there's some stuff it's all on tape though and that stuff deteriorates but the thing is, hard drives deteriorate, but like at a slower mm. rate. Mm. Um, and then I have, I have uh, photographs, you know, real, you know, film photographs mm. from Polaroids and other stuff. And um, Dan, what's what's the earliest stuff that you have? I'm guessing it's photographs as well, huh? 
Yeah, I don't have any um, eight millimeter videos of, of myself in childhood, during my childhood, oh, just photographs. Eight millimeter. Okay. So that, yeah, you're the first generation to have 1080p childhood videos, huh? That's it. Yeah, I can see every zit, every pore. It'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> And then, I mean, do you write on paper anymore or no? Not so much. Do I, uh, you know, in, in class, I used to, you know, have like notebooks and stuff I would bring. But now, since like junior year of college, I just, I have a Chromebook. Yeah. I think everyone, honestly, I think there's a little plug for Chromebook. I think everyone should have one. <laughs> <laughs> I, they're, they're so cheap. It was like $129. And you just get, you know, your Chrome browser stuff. So you get like Chrome Word, Chrome Slides, Chrome Excel, whatever. But I use that for like everything. And it also saves offline. You also get, I think, 100 gigabytes free because you buy a Chromebook. Oh, on, on Google the Drive. Google Drive. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yo, Alphabet, Google, sponsor, Yin and Yang. <laughs> yeah. You heard it. You heard it here. So, um, Chromebook, get one, yeah. Um, I think for memories, it's interesting because did you ever write a, a written journal? Uh, Not really. No. Okay. Because no. I wrote, Dan, did you ever keep a journal? I've tried here and there, but I, I've, I've never gotten into it. I have books. Maybe that's why I'm, I'm studying writing now, but I have, I have like, I have about 10 black books of journals. And then after that, I was just like, you know what? It'd be... It's, it's a lot easier to organize it electronically because then by the 10th book, I had a computer, you know, yeah. so, I mean, so I, I, I then, uh, I mean, back in high school, I mean, even I had like an old Dell, but I, it just, it was more natural to write in a book during that, my, yeah. that generation. And then, um, I remember my ex-girlfriend and I, we had a book that we would pass. So I, one day I would have it and write something and give it to her and then she'd write it and give it to her. So I had that somewhere, um. I don't know. Maybe when I get married, maybe I should burn it. But I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a hoarder. I'm a hoarder of um, memories and emotions. I think that's for me personally. So I have those books somewhere in a bag, and then afterwards I start keeping it electronically because it's just easier to organize. Mm -hmm. But you have to you have to be organized because I remember I was switching between different mediums. Like I was trying to email for a while, like emailing myself a journal. Mm -hmm. And that was getting tough because then I had to put it in the tags in, in, G, in Gmail. And then I just I stopped keeping track of that. And I start, now I'm doing it in notes on my MacBook Pro. Yo, Apple. So, that. yeah, so uh, I'm doing it in my notes now. I tried doing it in pages. But the thing with pages is that it's a little bit more cumbersome than notes. I, you're not a Mac person, but uh, it's a little bit heavier. So it's just easier with notes because I can just type it in right away. Yeah, so um, it's a .txt file, right? Uh, it's like uh, it's its own thing. It's this right here. Like I have my notes up right now for for this podcast. Quickly so. going back to like memories. You know what's yeah. a really crazy thing that I have? Yeah. Even more crazier than the vlogs. Um, it's I have Google Photos, so it's like it's like iCloud. Yeah. But it's it's like saves everything. Yeah. yeah. Like I have, uh, I have screenshots yeah, yeah, yeah. from like back in 2013. Uh huh. And that's the craziest thing that I think I can go back and be like, wait, what's that one photo? So I don't know what that means for like, you know, people in society now though, that everything, nothing's lost, you know, in the past, it's always recorded mm. somehow. Have you read, have you, have you guys read, um, 1984? No, I know what you're talking yeah. about. Cause they talk about memories in that one and they basically, they rewrite history literally. Mm -hmm. And with the, uh, you know, with his technology that he thought technology would turn out to be. And like, they would change, you know, newsreels, history, movies and stuff like that 
What I think is interesting now is that since each person is their own media creator, right? Mm. Um, PR they, agent. Yeah, so they can save their own stuff. And then hopefully, I mean, that's, that's a truth in itself, I guess. Like I remember reading like some old journals and I'm like, wait, that's not how I remember it, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then I look at, and then I try to look at photos from that time, maybe to corroborate it. I'm like, oh shit, she didn't look that good. <laughs> or, like, <laughs> or, or, or like, uh, or like actually, no, she, you know, she, yeah. anyways, so, or like, I don't remember that being there or going to a certain place, having a memory of how a place looked like, but then seeing the actual photo of that place for, t with that timestamp, mm -hmm. you're like, oh wait, never mind. So I don't know, memory is a tricky thing. Um, and then, I mean, yeah, because the photo, I don't know, it's interesting. Like, they say the photo doesn't lie, right? But with editing technology, uh, when you get photos from other people, there's a possibility of it lying and stuff like that. I um, found a crazy, I mean, this is pretty old news from any people using Photoshop, but uh, there's a, basically if you load any photo in Photoshop, um, you go up to like effects, you go to liquify, it will face recognize if you don't have glasses, if it's like a normal face with no glasses, it will face, yeah, it uses face recognition and there's literally sliders and you just nose height, nose width, eye width, eye size, eye width, chin height, huh. chin width, and it's literally, and it's flawless, it works, it works perfectly. So, and these are all parameters that can be changed. It's literally just a slider. Oh, wow. Like, like a brightness on your phone. Yeah. And you just change anything you want, especially <laughs> on the face. And there's like a little bloat kind of bulge tool for like making you know certain things bigger or smaller. Mm. Yeah. So maybe maybe analog is more truthful. I don't know. But then like analog's always the best medium for saving anything, honestly. Right. But it's just a pain to like organize the physical object of it. And mm -hmm. It's it's more expensive too. And it, anyways, I I think memory like Dan like. Have you ever tried to corro corroborate your earliest memories with like material objects like photos or journals or anything like, like that? Like a photo book? Yeah, or like, Dan, have you thought, have you done anything like that before? No, I, I mean, at this point, a lot of my pictures are scattered. Like some of it's in, in Japan with my mom and some of it's here and there. I don't, I don't even know where all my pictures are, so it's kind of tough to mm. do that. But, uh, you know, my, going back to my early question, I, I've seen like people mix on YouTube um, a video of like the very first one I remember was back in like 2001 or 2000 when um, Budweiser was doing the the what's up commercial it was like what's yeah. up and somebody yeah, did yeah. they they uh, used super friends um, clips and with that same audio and I was just wondering if Gordon did something you know messes around <laughs> doing That's things like, like making your own trailer is like, yeah, it's like saying what's up yeah commercials like... you know uh, taking like movies uh audio from one thing and then you know taking clips from a, a movies or a different movies and just putting it in there or something like that or yeah. like uh you know the hitler ones like the mind Kampf or whatever that hitler movie yeah, was. yeah those are great the fall yeah it's yeah. like i can't believe dragon balls you know they casted that guy for dragon ball yeah 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 you know <laughs> I'm, I'm on my computer right now I'm gordon's to trying to look up some phone. stuff but um, so Gordon, did you ever do those things or not really? Did I ever make uh, like, like funny like, videos? Like YouTube poops? Yeah, yeah, spoofs or any parodies? Poop. Yeah. Um, no. Okay. I mean, I you're have to you're more back. of a. Wait. Oh shit! Oh, shoot. Can I say that you're you're more of a serious dude? 
No, I can be silly, <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, uh, for YouTube, I mean, I, I had so much silly stuff on those on those blogs that I've tried to remove myself from those. I got you. Like, I mean, just, just look at here. I know Dan, you can't see it, but I'm showing him my like video list. Oh, these are your uploads. They're all unlisted. What's up with that, man? Uh, a lot of this <laughs> is because I the work I do for the school. Right. Um, it, you know, I, I can't post them myself because yeah. they're technically property of the school. So I have to unlist them if I'm going to share them or whatever. Uh, a lot of times, also people are like, "Don't post this on the internet." I'm like, "Well, okay, I need yeah. to post it to like get graded or to like share it." Right. So I just unlist it. So and, um, you can see, like, a lot of this is actually. Um, I did uh, like damn going back to your thing. Um, do I have done freelance stuff? Yes, I have like ten videos on here. I did thirty-two. No, I did twenty-five real estate videos for one of my friends. Oh, real estate so videos. Okay, yeah, that's good practice. Yeah, that is the quickest, easiest money you can get. Mm. Now, do you work on that with? Do you have your own team or are you a one-man band? Like, do you work with your girlfriend or like? No, this is just me and one of my. Uh, other friends and then another friend. Gotcha. Uh, this, I've only done this once, and um, he he's gotten into music videos since then. He always went to he went to me for to be an editor. So, and I'm not much of a music video kind of guy. I'm more documentary. Right. Based. Cool. Well, I'm I'm gonna switch gears. Sure. Dan, do you have anything? Nope. Yeah. Uh, so I'm so like for, uh, for your. So I'm gonna get a little personal. Let me know if it's too much. That's fine. Um, your girlfriend, you met th through the program at, at at school, or you actually met her on a yeah, you met her mm -hmm. at school, right? Yeah, we were in the same class. Gotcha. And then she is a of Asian descent. Cambodian. Cambodian. Gotcha. Okay, but she was born here in the U.S. though, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, so one thing I was gonna get into, we mentioned last episode was talking about uh, interracial relationships. Um, so I'm gonna put you on the spot. Um, <laughs> I, I myself, I'm trying to think of my past relationships. My past relationships were with other, uh, a, like other Asians, like Vietnamese, Chinese, or uh, Korean American, or Taiwanese, Taiwanese. Um, I, I myself, I am inexperienced as as far as being in a relationship with a person of another race. I've dated all over. I've dated um, black women, uh, white white women, women. I only I think I've only had one. I've only had a date with one white woman. I had a date with a, a Persian woman that can pass as white. I don't know if that counts. Um, and then uh, so I've dated, you know, the range. But like, is this your first a uh, Asian American person that you've dated or? Yes. Okay, but you grew up in Pasadena, right? Or no, you were. Well, you Burbank. grew up here. Okay. In San Fernando. I mean, in middle school, I mean, it was I was, it was the majority of the people in my class were Filipino. Ah, uh, that's that's you know South. I don't know. Sometimes they like to, you know, be very like adamant that they're Asian, and other times they're very like no Pacific Islander. But <laughs> I don't know. That's up to them. But it was yeah. Filipinos mostly growing up, and then uh, yeah, that's about it. So what, your past relationships have been white prior to your current. No, group. it was first first. Like, I think she was white the first one. Really, yeah. I don't know. Her skin was white. Yeah, sure. Um, and then the second was she was Peruvian. Okay. And white, like mixed, but she was, so she, like she had dark skin. 
Okay, so European, Peruvian. Yeah. Okay. And now Asian. Okay, cool. Dan, have you ever had relationships outside of Asia, uh, Asian races? No, I mean, I've dated a uh, Hispanic girl, you know, yeah. gone out like with a white girl, but nothing like serious or anything. Same, yeah. I, I, I've also, I, I just recently dated, like last, we were talking about, I dated a Latina chick, a Latina woman. Um, so there is a, okay, now, we're going to get into ethnic studies right now. So there seems to be a trend for uh, Asian uh, females, it seems, to be with white men. Dan, is that something you've seen as well? I don't think that's a new trend. I've seen that um, growing up a long time ago. Okay. Mm-hmm. And same with, have you seen that trend or you have you heard of this kind of, uh, I guess, fetish or stereotype? Jordan? Uh, you know, I always heard, I didn't really know that it was never really brought to my attention that Asian women really liked white men <laughs> until I actually started going out with them. They're like, oh, it's, she likes you because you're white. And I was like, is that a thing? I was like, yeah. I'm like, oh, I didn't know. I always thought it was just the other way around. I thought like white guys always went for Asian women because I knew that because uh, one of my friends he always goes for the Asians and he's like, oh, I just had the yellow fever and I can't get rid of it. Oh my god! And I was just like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I always because it was, um, it was just always him. So I never, I never really thought it could be the other way around. I mean, getting, I think it goes both ways with the article you're telling. It kind of goes both ways. Right. And there's a link I'll probably post in the uh, comments. There's this. There's this um, Eurasian writer. Um, Before you, what is Eurasia? Eurasian is basically white Asian mix. Um, okay. So European, white European heritage mixed with uh, Asian her- uh, okay. someone of Asian ancestry. I thought you meant it was like in Eurasia. No. <laughs> Kazakhstan yeah uh, you know yeah Kazakhstan I mean uh, so which is probably more geographically accurate but um, yeah Eurasian generally is like Hapa like half half Asian half white mm-hmm. and um, this writer is cr- incredibly angry person um, mm-hmm. and but he makes he brings up some interesting points um, bec- he, so the main point that he brought up was something I read in that article um, <clears throat> uh, he wrote called longing for death um, his blog is how uh, children of uh, white white men and Asian uh, women parents um, they grow up with this uh, like the sons they grow up with this sort of uh, inferiority complex in a way because they their 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 mothers some some women they fetishize white men in the sense that there is a sort of, because they're white they have a certain power higher power in the hierarchy whatever and then and then the white man fetishizes the asian woman in the sense that oh they're more submissive or they're more you know more subservient and they're not as rebellious as white men that's like the stereotypes i'm you know it's not something i you know totally believe in i'm just saying i'm just stating the stereotypes and because of that those the child growing up grows up in this kind of messed up dynamic um, according to this writer, Eurasian writer, they grow up in this messed up dynamic of they're not really white, they're not really Asian. Who am I? Yeah, who am I? So they have the identity crisis, mm-hmm. and and then there's some Eurasians that are kind of interesting. They'll, they'll go all the way to the right, where yeah. they'll, they'll be like, I'm a white nationalist, or they'll go like, oh, yeah, yeah, or or they'll like, like the be, Asian guy from Get Out. 
from Get. <laughs> oh, hey Dan, have you seen Get Out or Logan? No, I haven't seen either. I wish I. Oh had. my! Oh my! I just goodness. saw Get Out today, and it was. Oh really? Okay, we we got. Wow. Oh my goodness! We I think we're gonna have to talk about Get Out without you, Dan. If that's okay, okay. later. That's fine. Um. So. Uh, anyways, let's get back. Let's make it more personal. So. Um, Gordon, seems like you going into a relationship, did you have any sort of that kind of thinking going into the relationship or more like this is a cool girl who happens to be you know, Asian American mm -hmm. or were you kind of interested like, you know what, I haven't dated an Asian person before, I'd be, I'd be curious about that too or like what was your thought process going into it? It was absolutely nothing race related. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, there was nothing. No, was nothing like, race related, yeah. No one dated her. <laughs> she seemed like a cool girl. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Interesting I, yeah I mean, stuff. the only other girl editor I've ever met that like I got close to. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Usually, usually they're they're taken. Ah. Because they're usually yeah they're pretty cool people usually. I and like that's interesting because I know some I know some Asian guys that don't date Asian women, mm -hmm. which is weird is which is interesting too. It's like it's kind of like they have that whole you know white fever as well on their side or like there's some filipino guys that are like they're all they're totally down with dating like white or hispanic women for some reason mm -hmm. um okay here's my analysis uh so dan you've seen this before i've seen this before so there's there there's something out there that seems to be informing this kind of fetish this fetish of white male asian female sure and vice versa or, or other interracial relationships but that particular one that yellow fever as your friend mentioned mm -hmm. gordon seems to stand out what why is that now there's a couple of things there's something called i think self-fulfilling prophecies or something that's self-informing stereotypes or i think where there's something in the media or there's there people think it's a thing and then it becomes a thing right so you with you in case of your relationship people are coming up to you and say, oh, she only likes you because you're white, which is kind of a fucked up, to be honest, I think it's kind of fucked up thing I think it's say. only happened like once. Oh, really? Twice, yeah. Okay. But I, I, I was the fucked up one who said it that one time. <laughs> no, no I'm, I'm pretty sure her friends probably say it to her more than my friends say it to me. Ah, uh, yeah. her, her friends are Asian, they're right? All, or, yeah, they're all Asian. They're all what? They're all Asian. Mostly. They're all... <laughs> they're, they're, she lives oh, in San Gabriel Valley. I mean, SGV, yeah. what's up? Yeah. Um, <laughs> And uh, and then I'm sure there's some guys who think like, oh, you got an Asian chick or whatever. Yeah. Like, yeah. so there's something in it that because it's a okay now statistically yes I I can pull it up somewhere I don't know the exact numbers but it's a pretty high percentage of Asian women who marry outside of their race and predominantly with Caucasians. Mm -hmm. um, there there's there's numbers to back that up. Now, why why is that? Now I think part of it is there's a different there's kind of different mentalities or different theories and here I'll just propose some of them like one of them being maybe media okay mm -hmm. so some of the media portrays Asian women as uh, either like you know very sexual hypersexualized or maybe subservient like the geisha girl or something like that and then some men you know are okay. attracted to that mm -hmm. right and I think part of that is historically. So during World War II, Japan was defeated by the U.S. and there's U.S. camps, uh, U.S. Uh, bases uh, set up in Japan, right? And also there's a lot of, um, and what, some sources of income from the, the impoverished Japanese at the time was prostitution. Yeah. So there's, there's, there's a history of that. And um, 
there's also during the Vietnam War as well, there's prostitution as well from you know the Vietnamese uh, population. Um, so this is this stuff is kind of informed from war history. Now, and there's the you know the I was okay. I got to show you. I could share a story. I was driving back from the Irvine one time, right? And uh, I was driving in the car with these two guys. We just you know we were in Irvine for a meet, and um, there's this Asian uh, girl on the sidewalk, and they're like the windows were turned were closed up right and then these guys they're um you know they're like i think they're probably um latino white mix uh they can they, they they're a little bit on the darker side but they could pass as tan white guys i guess right mm. and then um they're like oh what's up girl sucky sucky they're just joking around they didn't wow. they didn't they didn't say oh, the windows were closed the closed oh, windows okay. were closed so they're they're doing as as trump would say lo locker room talk right yeah. And I was in the back seat, and I I didn't Very know it. Uncomfortable. I yeah. was so uncomfortable. So I was trying, to, and then I just I just said, "Hey guys, that's my sister." <laughs> <laughs> like just as joking, right? And they they kind of awkwardly laughed, mm -hmm. and they're like, "Oh, you know, you like uh, you know, uh, full metal jacket." They said full metal jacket, like oh, you know, like you know, full metal jacket, sucky sucky or whatever. Like that's what they were referencing, uh -huh. right? Um, that movie, it's very interesting. That movie, have you seen that movie? No, I'm not. Yeah, it's a Kubrick film. Dan, have you seen that movie? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, did you... Yeah. Anyways, uh, that movie, I mean, if anything, it's an anti-war movie, but that one scene with the prostitute, with the sucky-sucky, love you long time, whatever, has made such an impact on American culture that even these guys who are, I mean, they're your age, they're in their early 20s, are saying stuff like that. Even though like, it's totally not the message of the film, like if they if they understand that film, I mean, Dan, what do you think of that film? I mean, well, that film itself, I like the first half of it, the boot camp part, more than I did like uh, the war scenes. But I do understand that uh, what you're talking about because Two Live Crew made that one, one song I forget in the '90s or their, or late '80s, early '90s, and they reference that song. There's like they they actually take a soundbite from it where she goes me love you long time right that that section has done so much damage to the asian female perception it's ridiculous that one movie yeah um now was it something that was happening in vietnam at the time it was to and that's because vietnam was bombed and impoverished so how do you make money with a bunch of young men who have invaded your country? You, it's prostitution, right? Mm. Um, now, uh, I think it's it sucks for like our Asian, you know, sisters or whatever. You know, like they have to deal with that stuff. Now, Asian men, they have their own thing going on where it seems that. Have you seen Romeo Must Die? No. With Jet Li, Dan, uh, Dan have you seen that movie? Yeah, with Aaliyah. With Aaliyah. Yep. They did a screen test where he kisses Aaliyah at the end, right? It's like a it's a battle basically it's like a martial arts flick about him protecting her and they're from rival clans. He's with a Chinese gang, she's with a black gang. And uh but and, you know, he saves her and you know, they and at the end they hug. Hmm. <laughs> and they did a screen test with a target audience where they kissed and the people these American audiences were like oh I don't know that makes me feel uncomfortable for some reason 
And I was just like, and then so in the movie, he, they just hug. So like, just take that and multiply it by until, you know, copy it, copy and paste that until now. Like, Asian men have not got much play in media until fairly recently, like with Walking Dead, with Glenn. Like, when I saw Glenn, have you seen The Walking Dead, you guys? Yeah? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Have you seen the sex scene with Glenn and uh, um, Laura, I mean, uh, Maggie? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They go all out. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wait, I haven't seen this before. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, Dan, what did you think when you saw that scene? I didn't think anything of it, really. It's just normal, right? Because they're two yeah. people in love. No, no, yeah. that's great. That's the way it should be, right? I saw that too at first. That was my. I mean, I'm assuming that was your reaction as well. Mm -hmm. Two people in love, having making love. Then I I saw that first, and then I thought to myself, wait a minute. There's something I haven't seen this before. Like an Asian dude getting it on, like, and like uh, when I was. I, I don't watch porn anymore, but when I used to watch porn. <laughs> <laughs> like it was I would literally have to search so whenever I search Asian white right it'd always be an Asian chick fucking a white guy right mm -hmm. and uh, and when I try to do Asian white male I had to do some weird ass kind of search I had to do like Asian male quotation marks right to make it exact and the Asian male then white right and then and then I'll find a few videos but mm -hmm. Or I'll find some gay stuff. Like I'm, I, I don't watch gay porn, but it would pop up like an Asian guy, an Asian guy and a white guy, oh and then the Asian guy would, you know, t he takes it in the butt. But I didn't watch it. I didn't watch it fully, but that's that's what I've been told. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I try. Okay, real talk. I clicked on one clip just because I just wanted like, okay, I'm just curious. And then when the guy started going down, the I was like, okay, I gotta stop. This is weird. Like. Um, <laughs> Just, I was exploring my sexuality at the time. Anyways, um, so, so there's the history of, okay, Asian female hypersexualization, sub, sub, subservience, um, male, Asian male emasculization, I would say, being like made less masculine in the media or sense. So when I saw the Glenn thing, I was like, wow, that's cool. There's some progress being made. I mean, have you heard about this at all, Gordon, or not really, or? Well, I mean, you were, you were talking about uh, was it the, the hugging thing? And it makes me think, uh, what was the movie? It was called, like, The Great Wall, I think. Was the Great Wall with Matt Damon? Yeah. Oh, because, <laughs> you know, at the end, they, they, all they do is, like, stare nicely at each other at the end. Oh, you and watched I it? I guarantee oh you they, like, they kissed, you know, in the first screenings. But I'm sure it also would have just made it seem maybe more cheesier. But huh. it also probably would have made her look less, you know, powerful. Powerful? Uh, yeah. Because I, I guess he's not really a white savior in that movie, right? Because that was the... That was the um, no, he pretty much is. <laughs> he pretty much is? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. No, I mean, yeah, <laughs> he's, he, he learns you know, a lot from them, but... Right, right. As you do at the end. It's, no, I think... Yeah, go ahead, yeah. Maybe, no. I forget who, who kills, you know, the, all of the, the, like, hive monster at the end, like the queen. I forget who does it, but... It was pretty irrelevant for the whole thing. Honestly, if, if you're gonna watch it, don't. Like, it's it's really not exciting. <laughs> if, if you're gonna, gonna watch, watch some it, cool don't. like effects, sure. But it's it's not. You're like um, the only guy I know who's seen that movie. My girlfriend the movie theater, so we get in for free, and it was like the only thing that we had that was at showing at the right time for our schedule. Okay, so that's the only reason you watched. That's it. the only reason, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because Dan, like, I don't know if yeah, you're saying it's the only person you know. I I think you're the only person I met who. Well, yeah, you're the only person I met. I think who's watched it so far, yeah. 
Um, I think it was a box office bomb. No surprise yeah. to me. Yeah, and um, it's a it's 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 a maybe it's a blessing in disguise or it might be bad. I mean, because that wasn't a big experiment in Chinese U.S. co-productions. Like oh, as, that was a co-production. Yeah, that was a co-production okay. between the U.S. and the, the the director is actually a really good director. It's Zhang Yimou. He made like he made this movie, one of my favorite movies of all time, To Live, uh, based off of a book by Yu Hua. Um, and uh, Zhang Yimou, really strong Chinese director. Uh, but that movie, I hear it's yeah. And I, as based on your your um, analysis, seemed kind of bad. And I think just by looking at the poster, like so do you, so. Let me let's talk about the white savior myth. Um, do you know about this or Gordon? Yeah. yeah, Dan, do you know about this white savior myth? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let me just explain to the audience. So, um, okay, white savior myth is basically that a white guy will come into a different culture or society that is under crisis and basically learn their skills and be better than them, mm -hmm. and then save that society, that said society or culture, because they cannot save themselves. Yeah, like the Last Samurai. <laughs> right, the, yeah, like, think, like the Last I mean, Samurai. Yeah. One of the big uh, things in this movie was trust. I think that's what they tried to push really hard for because of that reason. Wait, trust between U.S. and China? Trust between. Oh well, I, okay, I just got disconnected from the thing. Oh yeah. Okay. And I'm back. And you're back. Am I still recording? Just yes, on the I, Skype. Yeah, yeah, I'm still recording. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think that. Um, a big thing was like, oh, trust, you know, the, the, the queen or the emperor was like, you know, trust me. And my dame was like, no, I don't trust anyone. Eventually, he trusted them and like... Oh, that's his character arc. Went, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean... And then they, they help each other to like destroy the beast, blah, blah, blah. That's it. <laughs> I mean, well, I, I'm really curious about this. Like when you see movies like Last Samurai or The Great Wall, like as a... I mean, does that factor in? Do, does that do, does that even pop up on your radar? Because for me, I know for myself, I, I can't speak for Dan, but I, I know for myself and a lot of Asian um, friends of mine, it's something that's really strikingly obvious to us. Hmm. Last Samurai, all the posters are Tom Cruise. When literally the last Samurai in that movie is Ken Watanabe, hmm. right? Hmm. Um, if you if you actually watch the movie, and which is it's not terrible, but still the Tom Cruise thing. Because basically Tom Cruise, he cuckles the freaking, he kills the, oh my god, spoiler, so for, so for our audience, spoiler, like, he kills the guy and he sleeps with the wife, or he gets with the wife, come on now, like, that's, ugh, it's so painful, <laughs> and, and Paul Mooney from Dave Chappelle's show, he says it best, he's like, man, Hollywood is crazy, right, <laughs> there it is, I'm looking at the poster right now, holy crap, like, there's, there, Tom. there's Tom, and he's the last samurai. And there's, where's, where's Ken Watanabe? I mean, he's not in the poster, so he's in. He's in the background. He's in this oh, he's in. Okay, in, in the only poster. This is not a poster. This is just like someone's mock-up. Yeah, someone did a mock-up with Ken Watanabe and 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 uh, Tom Cruise. These are all the official. Ones. <laughs> all the official ones have Tom Cruise. Yeah, it's as if as if putting an Asian face on the poster would reduce sales or something like that. I don't know. Um, okay, so my question, Gordon, is uh, does it even register for you? Like when you see moves like that? Like, oh, hey. yeah, definitely. Oh, it does? Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's like I'm going to go see a movie and it says, you know, Samurai or it says The Great Wall or it says, you know, Ghost in the Shell. <laughs> no. And then I see a white person and I'm just like, oh, there we go again. Huh. 
Okay, interesting. Because there's some people it doesn't. That I've talked to some people who are oblivious to it. Well, I mean, you know, if 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 they had some white guy do it, I that I've never seen or heard before, maybe it wouldn't register so much. But again, cheesy guy like Tom Cruise or Matt Damon or Scarlett Johansson, yeah. Scarlett, yeah, yeah. yeah. She's 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 okay, just because she's. Scarlett. <laughs> I <laughs> guess like, oh, there, okay. there's yeah. She says it's more about feminism than race, and I think I don't know. I can kind of understand that. Uh, yeah, you, I mean, you know what the argument? Yeah, what's your I, thoughts on that? Do you do, when you see those kind of posters? Does that do you feel this irksomeness in your stomach, or what do you feel when you see posters like that? Last oh time? yeah, yeah, I definitely, I, I definitely get irked. But the the funny oh, argument, yeah, are or you the, there? I hear. Yeah, you. yeah, yeah. Can you hear me? I hear. Oh okay. wow, I don't, I, I don't hear him anymore. That's weird, because I hear you guys. I hear Gordon. I hear James. You uh, gonna check no. your settings or something, James? No. Are you still here? Yeah, he's in there. Yeah. yeah. Hold on, guys. I'm gonna sign. I'm gonna wait. Can I sign out and sign back in? No, I can't. Oh, can I plug into yours? Yeah. yeah. Technical difficulties. Mm-hmm. Hold on. Technical difficulties. Splitter. Yeah. Damn, that's a splitter. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. So, um, wait, is it playing from yours? I can hear it. Yeah. Okay. So, Dan. Yeah. Um, so, going back to your question, does it irk me when I, I mean, see things like that? Yes, it does. And the, the argument that I hear, not even just from non-Asians, I hear from Asian people is like, well, maybe they couldn't get anyone of Asian descent that's talented mm. enough to pull off the role. Mm-hmm. That, and that's always something that they talk about um, in, in movies is that, you know, there's, there's not that many, you know, Asian, especially male Asian actors out there. And that, that's kind of how like Hollywood tries to defend itself, mm-hmm. but you know I think it's a pretty weak defense. But it's also it's probably because you know Asian men don't see that many Asian male actors, and therefore they don't try to be actors. I mean, uh, which you know which Asian? Uh, uh, this is like feedback, so sometimes my speech is slurred. <laughs> right, right. Uh, how many famous male Asian actors do you know? You can probably count them on one hand. Yeah, I mean, right. I mean, you know what? You know what that thi- what it is? I think it, it's very the chicken and an egg kind of thing. So there are a lot of talented Asian actors and a lot of talented uh, minority actors. It's just that do they get the opportunities that white actors get? So if they don't get the same opportunities mm-hmm. that you know, you know, if they don't get those same opportunities, no one seems to know about them, right? Right. Is this chick? Yeah. No, that's a great point. Yeah. So if you get a Steven Yoon who get, gets an opportunity to be on The Walking Dead, really popular show, everyone knows who he is. Now he's like well-known well enough. The question is, is he going to get that opportunity to, to try to carry a movie? He might get one, and then if it bombs, then it, that, that's it for him. Right, where that, that guy from The Office, what's that guy from The Office? Um, 
the, J- uh, the John Krasinski or whatever. Yeah. He's been yeah he's been a bunch of movies that bombed and he's still going at it you know, <laughs> and uh, like yeah you're you're right like what the chicken and egg is that at the end of the day I think and this is true for any independent filmmaker of any race is that you I guess you have to create your own content you have to create your own your own um, what's the word your own buzz right and then it just seems that there's little there's some more barriers for uh, there's more barriers for people of color getting those opportunities in the big leagues um, especially in the acting world I think in the I think behind the scenes maybe not so much I think in front of the scenes in front of the camera it seems to be that way and why is that because of those reasons we stated maybe they won't be a box office hit there's that perception but that's such a that's a myth because straight out of Compton right was a huge international success Moonlight won even though La La Land tried to take it but Moonlight still won so like um, these things are based on a certain perception and this is going back to my first my first topic of like okay Asian female male white male relationships these perceptions also inform I think perceptions of us growing up our kids and whatever of like who is attractive to which is it's it's um it's a dangerous thing, media. It could be a very dangerous thing if taken and in, interpreted the wrong way because it could lead to fetishization, much like the Eurasian writer saying that um, him having this self-loathing of who he is because of his messed up parents' dynamic. Now, given, I think his parents are pretty messed up individuals regardless of race. They're, they sound like really weird, you know, like her mom's like really like neurotic and suicidal and his father his father is a white nationalist i mean those two things already sounds like you're talking about the guy in the article in the article eurasian the eurasian writer um i don't he he's really private i'm I'm actually thinking about getting him on one day that'd be kind of (laughs) cool yeah but um he'd be animated i mean like okay uh for dan if it's okay did you did you want to share anything about your wife's your I know your you know your wife's experience as an actor has she come across these kind of obstacles and stuff like that? Oh, your wife's I, an actor. Yeah, yeah, she's an actor. I didn't know that. Yeah, I'm sure she has. The thing is, it, it's being an Asian actor. What I what I come to understand is because there are so few roles for Asian actors, uh, men or women, especially women, that you have to be really good to stay in the business, right? And so you're basically competing against everyone who's really good versus like if you're a white actor, there are so many more roles out there. I was just going to say, um, I, I remember one of my, my, my classmates who was telling me, oh, well, there's not, you know, it's the chicken and egg thing again. It's like, oh, that, you know, there's why people do that is because there's not enough, there's not enough uh, people out there to fill those spots. There's not enough uh, Asian actors to fill those spots. And he's saying statistically, oh, look at how the statistics of how many Asians are going into entertainment field or acting roles. But I, I was telling him, but then like, do you see how disconcerting or how, uh, because it's so, such a hostile environment or like competitive environment to, to get into that kind of acting, uh, in those leading roles, then yeah, a lot of kids are not gonna try to do the arts, even though that might be their calling, right? They might not do acting because they feel like 
you know, there's no place for me. I grew up watching, you know, all these white faces and there's, I don't see myself on the screen. So, you know what? I think I'm just going to be a doctor like my parents are trying to force me to do, right? You know? Um, and it's, um, you know, it's a... Uh, so, I mean, what's the solution? I think one of the solutions are to, yeah, like I said, create your own content and also, you know, to have um, having that awareness and also having allies across different races, you know, such as Gordon or, such as, or, or uh, you know, with the people in Moonlight or other like black actors, white actors, having sort of like a solidarity that we all want representation to tell the stories of, that we grew up with because you grew up with Filipino people, right? And do you see that kind of story on the screen? Like people, you know, like your classmates on screen, like the Filipino people? I mean, not really. The only guy I can think of is the guy from my, you know, my crazy ex-girlfriend, the Filipino guy on there. <laughs> and, uh, oh man, I, I mean, we can get into it. I just, just, it's, it's, uh, because, okay, Riz Ahmed, I'll, I'll put a link. Riz Ahmed made a really good uh, speech to, uh, I think it was to parliament or to some sort of convention. And he said that by seeing yourself on screen, either be it TV, film, print media, whatever, it shows that you or your story has value, right? So I think that's a huge importance because uh, myself growing up, what do we have growing up? We had Bruce Lee, right? Bruce Lee, and when you ask anyone, hey, who, you know, who's like was a big Asian American influence or star, and everyone's going to say like Bruce Lee, Jackie Chan, or like, which is great, but I mean, that's only a certain, that only represents a certain um, category of what Asians can do. They're great people. They're great martial artists, actors, directors. But what about like the uh, awkward teenage, you know, uh, Chinese guy or like, or that, that punk rock indie uh, Asian guy or that you know that kind of nerdy but really buff Asian guy you know stuff like that that's these are some of the people I grew up with and I don't see that represented so I mean anyway anything you guys want to add or uh, yeah uh, I mean two things uh, one movie since it's running shopping movies one movie to think to look out for the next uh, I don't know if it's gonna be the like a solution or like an example of a solution or like a good example of a solution yeah to what we're talking about um but when the movies come out I just uh the Iron Fist it's a female but well, I mean that's another thing to look out for just to see when it comes out see what happens I don't know what's gonna be but it's gonna be something and number two shoot what's gonna oh um at least I think this was my number two I kind of forgot but I think a really good uh male actor they said they didn't play you know like the martial arts you know like like it man kind yeah. of thing Donnie Yen yeah yeah uh, was do you ever watch Lost yeah yeah you know the Korean Dan 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 Kim. yeah yeah I mean there's an example of like a good like method actor yeah that wasn't strictly you know secluded off into like one type of genre of film yeah uh, the thing is um, a couple of things about Daniel Day Kim uh uh, my, I was dating an ex, my ex-girlfriend was Korean at the time and he was saying that his Korean was terrible or something like he's a very um, he has spoke with such a strong American accent no, or I something like that which is which you know I get that a lot when I speak Mandarin so it's that's you know it's fine as long you know kudos for him for like actually like 
you know, getting really uh, memorizing those lines. The other thing is that he was in the. Have you seen Crash? No. The movie Crash. Dan, have you seen that? No. Um, Daniel Day Kim was in it, and he played a um, a human trafficker, or mm-hmm. like a pretty you know pretty negative role. It's kind of a stereotypical like. There's there is a stereotype of Asians trafficking their own people. That's go that's going back because there is some truth to that because there's some people called the snakeheads. Mm-hmm. They were uh, people who basically trafficked uh, Asian immigrants into the U.S. as indentured servants. Um, so there's some truth to that, but he was playing a stereotypical role in that. But what what is he doing now? Do you know? I mean, I'm trying Hawaii Five O. I don't even know his name. Oh, I didn't he's know doing. He was a big name. Yeah, no, Hawaii Five O. Yeah, he's doing that with uh, Grace Kim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, he's doing that, which is cool. And he was like named one of the sexiest men, or like Time Magazine or something like that. Um. Anyways, that's uh, I can I we, we can I can talk about this like for a while, but. I think it's improving. However, uh, it it does um, it could be it could be hurtful in relationships. Like there's a whole Steve. Have you seen the Steve Harvey bit? Uh, Dad, have you seen it? No. He's saying how you know uh, he's 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 pulling up these books, and one of these books is like how to date a black woman for Asian guys or how to date a white woman for Asian guys. I remember this, yeah. Yeah, yeah. A lot of my Filipino friends got really angry about Yeah. And then, uh, and then Steve Harvey is like, how to date a white woman? Any white woman like an Asian guy? Please. Like, he's, he's totally saying that Asian guys are not sexually attractive. Now, that, what, what does that speak to? I think that speaks to a systemic emasculization of Asian men, sure, right? Um, and it's just also, it kind of sucks because as another person of color, like, he's, he's like, you know, kind of dogging us. Uh, one thing I noticed is that it seems that the male ego, in a way, can be very vulnerable. Like, would you guys agree sometimes? Like, the male ego could be, like, some, like, Certain male egos, I mean, I'm not saying you guys, but like certain men can be vulnerable in, with their ego. And I think a lot of these race dynamics comes from people in power. And so we're going to talk about people in power as white heterosexual men and their sexual ego. So what's a threat to their sexual ego? Maybe black men, Asian men, other other men of color. And... So sometimes you'll see these weird things where like Asian men as gays seem to be more prominent in media. And Gordon, you're nodding your head. Why, yeah. why is that? Uh, just because, yeah, I've seen that a lot. Like a lot of Asian, gay Asian guys in the media? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, why is that? Look, yeah. Maybe it's because they're seen as more feminine. Right, and they're less of a threat to the white heterosexual male ego i guess yeah um okay dan do you want you want anything else to that topic before we wrap it up no i mean we can we can discuss this topic forever yeah so going back to your relationship gordon because it's it's all about you now um um yeah i mean does does okay let me ask you don't have to answer this but does your does your ex does your current girlfriend does she only date white guys have you asked her 
Oh, you're talking about me. Yeah, I'm talking about you. I'm oh, sorry. Yeah. I, was, I was trying to look for that one article that I talked about. No, no. I, I, <laughs> I can't find it. It's, it's all hard. good. Um, <laughs> like, does, does your, does your uh, current girlfriend, who's Asian-American, a Southeast Asian-American, does she only date white guys, or you're the first white guy? First white guy before me, she dated some other Asian guy. I don't right. know his descent, but he was, he was Asian. Okay, so she doesn't exclusively date white guys or anything like that? No. Okay. So it's not a fetish. She just likes you because uh, you're a cool dude. Mm. No, I mean, no, I mean she's, she, she said that she, like, she likes my beard and she likes that I'm like tall and, you know, and kind of more burly. <laughs> but I mean, that can go for anything. That could go for anything. I yeah. mean, there's some burly Asian dudes, I think, yeah. No, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. so I think as long as a really, I think fetishization can go any way. It, there's some because of the K-pop wave. I mean, I don't know if she's into K-pop or any of your friends, but because of Korean pop has been such a big deal, and also there's more and more Asian culture, anime stuff like that. I think there is more. There's more fetishization of Asian women, but also some fetishization of Asian men. Sometimes I've seen. Well, you know what's the thing about when I was in high school, I was I wasn't I wouldn't go as far as to call myself. And at that time, like at uh, otaku. Okay. But I consumed large amounts of anime. Otaku, never... uh, otaku for uh, all our fans out there. You want to explain what that is, real no, quick? You can do it, you yeah, otaku is basically a person who is stays stays in, is an introvert, and consumes large amounts of Japanese culture, such as manga, J-pop, K, uh, J-dramas. Uh, whatever, whatever your obsession is about uh, Asian culture, uh, or particularly Japanese culture, it's meant um, kind of as a derogatory term. Yeah, it's more of as like a uh, in, in Chinese, it's called zainan, which literally means stay at home, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or another word for that would be like neat. Neat. Yeah, I'll look that up in a second to explain it, but right after I answer <laughs> your question. Yeah, uh, yeah. So finish. Wait, so what was, what was the thing you asked me? Oh yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. In high school. Anime. Yeah, yeah. And it never at one point during when I was watching anime did I ever like you know oh this is making me really like Asian women. Huh. It never like dawned on me. It was just like this is you know good stories. How about I mean women? if I I mean probably because they're you know, they're animated. Right. Not, right. You know real people. Maybe if I was really into like you know female like J-pop then or J-rock, then yes, maybe, but I wasn't. It never, what about women with blue hair? How about that? Women with blue hair? <laughs> or octopus women? Or octopus. <laughs> Skin's a whole different thing. Okay, it's different. Um, okay, uh, I think we could, we, could, we could wrap it up with language corner in a bit, unless, Dan, you have anything to add? No, no. Gordon, you want to add anything? Uh, no, but for my language thing, I'll, I'll just give the definition of neat. So how how you spell this neat? N e e t. N e e t. Okay. What and what is that? What is a, a neat? This is straight from Wikipedia. Uh, a neat or a neat is a young person who is not in education, employment, or training. So no, so not, and then e for education, e for employment, and no training. Acronym neat was first used by the United Kingdom, but also has spread in other countries, including Japan, South Korea, Taiwan, the United States. So basically, it's so just someone who just like you said sits at home and just consume stuff and usually the needs are considered people who just don't get out at all like they're uh, completely just ported up in their house and like they don't leave like there's a whole thing on if you type in youtube yeah. there's some people that don't leave their houses for like years 
they don't leave their apartments for years and just get tons of food delivery. It's like disgusting. It's really disgusting. <laughs> right. Oh, so that's an American thing too, huh? Because like you hear stories of that in Japan happening a lot. I always heard. Uh, I'm forgetting the name of the anime, but the first time I heard "neat" was in an anime, and then uh, I, I didn't know it was used in first used in the UK. That's but crazy. It's definitely taken more hold in, I would say, you know, J-pop culture. Yeah, I mean, uh, like there, there was it an article. Sounds art- trendy. I think that's why. There's an article of a guy. They found his decomposed body, like in Japan, mm-hmm. Tokyo. Did you hear yeah. about this? Yeah, it was like a week after he passed, and he was just. No one knew because he didn't. He was socially. He had no social network. He was just home alone. They found his body because his 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 uh his apartment was smelling so bad it was pouring into the hallway. His decomposing body, and they found him with you know books and anime or whatever. I mean whatever he was looking at. I mean, can we say that that was a life well lived or not? I don't know. I, some people are like super happy. Yeah, maybe some people are happy with that, right? Yeah. How can, how, who, who are we to judge how you live, I guess, right? I do think, this is me personally, but I do think if anything is worth anything in this life, I mean, it would probably be human connection or human relationships. Yeah. Right? And in, in this case, I guess he felt so disconnected socially that he went for something that would, no matter, regardless of terms or his appearance or whatever, he, they would always connect with him via you know animation animation and I'm, I'm scared for the future because like with ai and stuff then you can just program someone to always love you right her, her or uh there's that new uh, holographic graphic character in japan it's kind of like a, i know what you, yeah, yeah the, you know the dancer the yeah, dancer girl she's yeah. like hi welcome back and like <laughs> dan do you know about this no no i'll, I'll send you a link uh it's kind of trippy her um, voice is completely synthesized like there's not a single part oh yeah it's, there's no human, human part nope. i mean the only thing human about it is the programmer programming it i guess <laughs> the programmers but okay thousands of people go to her concerts yeah it's it's it's, just the it's, it's uh dan it's a um, she is a pure, she's a uh, a holographic pop icon she's totally huh. synthesized she has her own songs and when when you go to, people go to concerts to see a, her holographic image projected and dance and sing for them, there's no human. There's like no human on stage. <laughs> and then now people have commoditized her so that you can take her home and she acts like your Alexa or your Siri, you know. And then she'll rem- she'll like she'll text message you at work and say, "Hey, when are you coming back home? You can <laughs> you can schedule that. Isn't that crazy? Like, oh my, oh okay. All right, let me let me see. Dan, you want? All right, I got a word here. Here's my word. Um, uh, my word is gui hui, gui gui hui, gui hui, gui hui, yeah, gui hui. It's ji hui in uh. Oh, in, chance. In, yeah, yeah. Ji yeah. hui in, in Mandarin. Ki hui, ki hui. And ki hui means um, chance or opportunity. Now, uh, we're okay, we're watching her, her holographic video. So, like, um, anyways, opportunity. Um, so, I think one thing I watched in that old Simpsons episode, I don't know if you guys seen it, but there's like, uh, Lisa Simpson says, "Oh, um, she's telling Bart how the wor- the word for opportunity in, in, in Chinese can also mean uh, crisis. 
that's partially true. The, the word for crisis in, in Mandarin Chinese is wei ji, wei ji. So it's wei xian the wei. So like the, word, the, the character for danger and the character for ji. Uh, now the ji could also be machine as well. So the, looking at this word "kihui" uh, in Taiwanese, so that's the "kihui" is, is the Taiwanese uh, translate is the pronunciation. Chinese, it's Mandarin, it's "jihui." Uh, uh, it's talking about opportunity. What's interesting about this word is that the character for "ji" could also be in machine. So it seems like tools or machines create opportunities in a way. Now we're here. We're talking about this holographic girl. Maybe it's an opportunity for these really socially awkward introverted dudes to have an opportunity to connect with something, even if it's completely uh, fabricated or whatever. It's, I don't know, but in a way there's also a cost as well. It's kind of like maybe you're losing out on the opportunity, gihui, of interacting with real humans. Um, I don't know. It's a, it's an interesting conversation to have moving forward as we talk about as we look at evolving technology. Um, but Gihui, I think when no matter what, there's a um, oh yeah. So Gordon just sent the uh, YouTube link, um, and I'll post it in the in the uh, the comments below. But okay. if I think with um, this word Gihui, uh, when you have a chance or when you have an opportunity, like I, I think. With the way that we use it in, in, in Taiwanese, like, uh, uh, you know, if you have a, uh, I'm trying to think of a sentence, but if you have a, if you have the chance or opportunity, you can come over to my place or a chance or opportunity to do this or that. Um, yeah, I just looking at the characters and the way I just mentioned it, I think there's a lot of culture in the Chinese language or the Taiwanese language to talk about, yeah, why are these words shaped the way they are? So Lisa's partly right, but like I found what was even more interesting is how that's, it means machine as well and how machines have created opportunities, but in a way also maybe diverted those opportunities away from humans. But anyways, uh, Dan, do you have a, a word that you want to share? Yeah, the Japanese word is motainai. Uh, motainai is what a waste. <laughs> what a waste, okay. Yeah. So it's, it's pretty straightforward. If, if uh, someone perhaps like um buys a car crashes it right away people will say oh motainai. so what a waste what a waste now yeah. like okay so if it now could you use that as in like um he he got like he got a really uh he got into he got a really hot girlfriend but he he missed out because he just spent all day as an otaku watching anime what a waste Something like yeah, that? I think you can. I think you can. <laughs> Usually it's with I the objects, but yeah, I, I think in that instance it, it's like, what a waste. Yeah. I, I, I dated this one girl, um, and she told me like her boyfriend would just play video games all day, and they were together for years because she was, I think she was kind of like masochistic, or she, she had a, maybe a low self esteem. Yeah. And she was just with this guy who played video games all day, and she's like, you know what? He's not paying attention to me. He's taking advantage of me. I'm paying for like the rent. I'm getting out of this relationship. Yeah, no, she was totally like low self-esteem. I feel bad for her, but um, yeah, uh, what a waste. Cause you know, she seemed like a pretty cool girl. So um, maybe he needed a wake up call, I think, but yeah, anyways. Okay, that's our episode for today. Um, 
I, I'm good. I think I've, I've said my piece. Uh, anything you all want to add as an outgoing message yet? Mm, no. Dan? But, uh, I really enjoyed talking to Gordon and listening to his perspective. Yes, Gordon. Thank you for <laughs> your white perspective. Uh, it's uh, white <laughs> perspective. The, uh, You're the Gordon, white savior the, for this podcast. The white savior of this podcast, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, thanks. No, and, and, you know, not just to put you just as the white guy, but also as Gordon, the person, the editor, the person who's interested to anime. Uh, you know, we're all ma- multifaceted people, and I think it's, it's good that we get all massif- multifaceted people of different races together, I think, and have a good dialogue. Um, Gordon, you have anything to add? Uh, no, just you know, thanks for having me on for a second time, and um, hope to do it again. It was great. It was really interesting to see you know all the different perspectives, and um, there's a lot more to say, but you know, yeah, this, yeah, this, this, this is, what, this is we're, like we're hour, at a minute fifteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, an hour fifteen. 15. So, uh, you know what? Would you want to be? You want to be a resident white guy, or uh... I can be a resident white guy. Okay, <laughs> yeah, we might we might have another guest, and if you want to join in, then. Have your two cents. That'd be cool too. I think. Yeah. RWG. RWG. Cool. All right. All right. <laughs> All right, fans. This is uh, Young signing off. And this is Yin signing off. And this is Gordon signing off. All right. Have a great one. Take care. Relationships getting you down. Hidden young racism's making you drown.